on this week's show. The CFL has moved the 2020 Great Cup from Saskatchewan, if there's even a season, and the NFL owners have agreed to loan the Los Angeles Rams $500 million. In our two-minute history lesson, we tell the story of the college football trophy known as the Old Oaken Bucket. You sure that's not your nickname? That and much more this week in the world of football. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 146 for May 26, 2020. I'm your host, Randy Snow, and across the table from me, as always, is my son, Adam. It's hot. It says it's 88 degrees outside. It says it's 70-something in here. Good <laughs> Lord. Yeah, the uh, air conditioning doesn't always uh, make it to the man cave, but uh, we'll we'll get by. Well, when somebody's wife accidentally, uh, I use air quotes, and accidentally keeps setting it to heat and not air conditioning... <laughs> I think that might address a problem. Yeah, that could be a problem. We come to you each week from the World of Football Man Cave, located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. From the NFL to the CFL, college, high school, and indoor football, we inform and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So let's check out what happened this past week, and we're going to start with some news from the NFL, and one of the things that's uh, near and dear to my heart, and that is food. Mike Dicka's restaurant in Chicago is closing due to an economic impact caused by the COVID-19 coronavirus. Ditka's opened at uh, opened its doors in 1997 on Chestnut Street in Chicago. Uh, there are actually two other locations in the Chicago area, one in Oak Brook and one in Westmont, and there's another one in Pittsburgh, and those will all remain open. But, uh, yeah, another restaurant casualty from the COVID-19. It's too bad. I've never actually eaten at a, a Ditka's restaurant, but uh, now that it's closing, I, I feel like I missed out on something. Well... Hold on. So all of them are closing? You said that there no, are no, two no, other just, locations. Just, just the one on Chestnut Street is closing. There's three around Chicago and another one in Pittsburgh. Oh. So, oh. so my, Okay, my confusion was that this whole chain was closing. No, That's no, no. why it's so sad for Mike Dick. It's just one? One out of uh, four. I'd say uh, it'd be a bigger deal. I mean, it stinks having a restaurant closed down because that means a bunch of jobs sure. and other stuff. It is unfortunate, but at the same time, I thought we were about to talk about, you know, uh, his whole restaurant chain closing. It's just one location out of three. At least they're still thriving. We have great places here in Kalamazoo that have closed forever that have been open yeah. for 37 years. Yeah, several so all down the same that's road. That's a little more uh, heartbreaking to me than he lost one out of three chains. Well, sure, is that, thir- that that might be 33%, but it, at the same time, more. you made it sound like a bigger deal than, I mean, don't like I said, don't get me wrong, losing any restaurant stinks because that's jobs for people who need them. Uh, but at least if you know we're talking about it from a football angle at least dick has still got two out of the three well depending on how long this uh, covid 19 stay at home thing keeps going on he may lose more but and we'll talk about right it now, when we get there right now just one of them is closing. i don't know if this was his flagship uh restaurant or not if it was the first one or not but uh, yeah the, the chestnut street location is closing um 
there a lot of former NFL players and coaches, uh, you know, have restaurants around the country. I know Don Shula's Steakhouse is pretty popular down in Florida, and he's got uh, locations all over the country. I know there's one in uh, Chandler, Arizona, and he, he's, it's not just the steakhouse. He's got uh, burger stands and, you know, stuff that he's put his name on. So they're right. like all over the country. Uh, I have not heard of uh, anything there as far as uh, uh, any of the other Shula restaurants closing. Uh, one of the best ones I ever went to was Vince Lombardi Steakhouse in Appleton, Wisconsin. Hmm. Uh, that probably the greatest steak. I think I've talked about this on the show before. Greatest steak I ever had. Uh, just a, a really great place. Very, uh, very upscale. Very nice. They had a lot of uh, memorabilia throughout the restaurant. Uh, pictures on the walls and things that uh, the family has uh, graciously donated to the restaurant, so the fans can uh, uh, see things they wouldn't normally see at, at uh, Vince Lombardi. I Steakhouse. take it you went there. This was during a PFRA thing. Yes. Okay. I was yes. gonna say I was like, yeah. I don't remember going to this place. Yeah, me and my buddy Mike. Uh, Mike, we drove down uh, from Green Bay to Appleton, and we had dinner at that steakhouse. And man, that was. That was awesome. Uh, another uh, former player, football personality that, that has a restaurant is Roger Brown. Uh, he has a restaurant down in um, Portsmouth, uh, Virginia, and uh, that was great too. Uh, that was the first time I ever had um, uh, corned beef and cabbage. No, no, no I, I, I want to say okra, but it's not okra. Uh, what the heck is it? It's um, grits. No, no, no. I've had grits before. <laughs> um, I had a flank steak. And, uh, collard greens. Collard greens. Yes, that's what it was. I uh, never had collard greens before, but they were awesome. I don't know how they cooked them or, or what, but yeah, they went real well with that flank steak. So Roger Brown, he's a former uh, Detroit Lions player. Uh, he also played with uh, the Los Angeles Rams, and uh, he was part of the Fearsome Foursome. Uh, mm-hmm. one, one of the original Fearsome Foursome uh, retired from the Rams, and he took over, and so he became the newest member uh, You know, with the um, – uh, Lamar Lundy and, and Deacon Jones, um, Merlin Olson, I forget, oh, Rosie Greer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I forget which one of them retired, but he, uh, Roger Brown took over and became the fourth member of that. And fa- in fact, when he was with Detroit, their defensive line was also known as the Fearsome Foursome. Mm-hmm. But the one in Los Angeles is the most uh, well-known yeah. out of all of them. So, so yeah, I got to get to eat at uh, uh, Roger Brown's restaurant down there, too. Very nice place. Uh, uh-huh. Great great food. So uh, I, I've bringing it back i feel bad that one of ditko's restaurants is closing but uh, uh you know like it like i said he's still got three others two in chicago one in pittsburgh that uh, are still going so you know maybe once this is over with i might have to go in and uh go check out a ditko's restaurant uh, over in chicago somewhere but yeah that's that, that's sad news uh and in other nfl news uh, owners have approved lending the rams 500 million dollars for additional construction costs at sofi stadium hmm. we talked about this last week that they were they were thinking about it or or they had asked for the money and uh, in the course of this past week uh it's been approved so yeah. the rams are getting that uh, 500 million dollars oh boy yeah, you you saw a picture of the uh what the interior of the stadium is supposed to look like you said you hadn't seen that before uh i think i did i just didn't see the one you sent me mm. I, I definitely saw one where they mocked up with the los angeles rams logo and everything mm. in there but it's still crazy oh, uh yeah. it'd been a minute since i'd seen it when i saw it again i was like holy smokes this is gonna be an impressive stadium mm. uh if and when it's done now with this 500 million dollar loan 
how much is left to do on the stadium? Isn't it know. supposed to be open by this uh, kickoff? Uh, yeah, I mean, preseason starts in August. I've uh, only seen pictures that have still shown it under construction. It makes me worry that yeah. this, this uh, isn't going to get like done. It ha- doesn't look like they're ha- going to have it ready in time, but yeah. who knows? Who knows? I, I don't know. I'm, I remember when the Ford Field was done, we were there for the first preseason game, and uh, there was still a lot of sawdust right. and you know, dust from... Uh, construction still in the stadium. You could tell that that it was. I mean, it had been worked on the day before. Right. Uh, but yeah, we were there for that. So I don't know if they're going to have a, any preseason games at that stadium, or if they're going to you know find a, a way to do their preseason games other places and then just make it ready for the first uh, Monday night game, I guess, or Sunday yeah. night game that we'll they're going to have. That yeah. It uh, all the pictures that I've seen, it, it looks like it's quite a ways from being finished. Yeah. As far as the construction and coming goes. along, it looks looks like it's going to be one of the nicest stadiums, and it better be for well, yeah. the amount of money they're pumping into this thing. <laughs> yeah. What thing. was it originally? Two point two billion, and now it's up to four and a half billion, five something nuts five like billion that. Dollars. I can't believe that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just uh, crazy, absolutely crazy. You better not have to get up from your seat to go to the bathroom in this stadium. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That and drones that bring you your food. No, yeah. no longer need to stand in line at a concession stand. I don't know. I got this brand new uh, five billion dollar stadium, and they won't let anybody in it because uh, of coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> Another story that came out this this week: Pat, uh, Dak Prescott has been offered a five year one point seven or no, not one point seven point one hundred and seventy five no million it down. dollars. <laughs> Yeah, a contract by the Cowboys, which would make him the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history, and he's not signed it yet? What the heck is he waiting for? I did see a joke that said the Cowboys offered him several billion dollars, you know, and uh, I think, like, stake and ownership or something, and he still turned it down. It was a joke. But, mm. yeah, it's a crazy amount of money to turn down. Who knows what his thought process is? Maybe, maybe he's not happy with how he's been treated by the Dallas Cowboys, and he doesn't want to be a cowboy long term i i don't know if he didn't want to be a cowboy he should have just said something but maybe it's the five-year thing that that's getting him maybe he wants a longer contract you know or maybe he wants maybe, a 10 maybe he wants con- a longer contract yeah. or maybe he wants more guaranteed money how much of this 175 is guaranteed I don't know. jerry jones sounds like the type of stickler who's going to you know put in all these if ands or buts like well if we get to the playoffs right. if you win more than eight games heavily he- you don't break an arm you know while carrying this team on your back right. like Heavy on the incentives, you mean? Yeah. Hmm. Who knows? I mean, contract. I part of me wants to get into the whole science and the uh, kind of the structure of how contracts are, but at the same time, that's so much. There's so much to understand and to comprehend in a contract. Like, how much is guaranteed money? You know, like I know, for example, like players can. Uh, cost more to the to that team if they get traded so there's all these other clauses and all this other crap built into a contract to protect a team and you know players you know are fighting more and more now for the guaranteed money uh for you know longevity they Mm. some players don't want to move around much or some of them want want shorter contracts so that in a couple years you know if they aren't happy they can move on at will you know or have outs in their contract so who knows what exactly he's looking for? I think it's smart of him to not come out and say anything if he doesn't want to be a cowboy. He look. I know people are div- divided on Dak Prescott if he's a good quarterback or not. He's a decent quarterback. I'll give him that. Uh, is he top ten? Hard to say. I've seen him play some really good games though. I mm. think he he's talented. Don't get me wrong. And he had a really good winning streak when he started in the league. So 
I, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to get paid, and it's just how paying quarterbacks works in this league. The next guy who's getting paid, you're the highest paid. Like that's just how mm-hmm. it works. It, it is how, what it is. So what if he makes more than Aaron Rodgers, who's got a Super Bowl or whatever? Uh, well, every time that they've come out with uh, the newest, highest paid quarterback in the NFL, they've never won a Super Bowl. You know, all these quarterbacks that are getting these big money uh, contracts, they're not, you know, the Tom Brady's or the... Uh, uh, well, not now. Well, but still, but I mean, like Stafford, he was the highest paid quarterback and he had never won a uh, Super Bowl. And then there was... Um, uh, Oh, who's the guy for Atlanta? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, yeah. He was close to winning the Super Bowl. But didn't, you know. So, you know, here's Dak Prescott, another quarterback. It's, it's well, never yeah, yeah, the Super was... Bowl, yet he's poised to be the highest paid player in the NFL. It, it, it's just, yeah, it's funny that once these guys get these contracts, they in that span of the contract thus far, because what Stafford got paid like four or five years ago, everybody who's been paid more than him since has not made, you know, has not won a Super Bowl. Right. Uh, so it, it it's just how contracts are once you get one guy all this money all that you know that's money taken up from right putting yeah, a team it, it around the rest of the team because you've got it all soaked into into one player or as in detroit's case a few years ago they had it all soaked into three players there was indomitian sue and there was uh, megatron and stafford between yeah. the three of them that was over half of your budget for right. players so everybody else was... but but now is as we're getting farther along like in somebody like stafford's contract where i think they can spread money around more i think the lions are better bookkeeping not to make this alliance thing but I think with the Cowboys, I mean, the Cowboys already paid uh, Ezekiel Elliott a bunch of money, uh, ungodly money. They also, and I don't know if they signed him or not, Amari Cooper was up for a big payday as well. And then now you got Dak Prescott. So right there we could be seeing something similar where you're sinking all this money into three guys on offense. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know who the Cowboys got on defense. I think they still got one <laughs> or two good guys. But I'm just saying you need to pay for both sides of the ball. It's it's crazy that this is how football works, but this is also how things are competitively balanced. Mm. So we'll see. And like like we said, as far as Press, uh, Prescott turning this down, I can't say it's crazy. He, I think he's smart not coming out and saying anything, especially one way or the other if he wants to be with the Cowboys or not. I think I respect him more for that. I think that's where I was going to try to go earlier was he isn't that, that mouthy quarterback who's going to come out like Aaron Rodgers and just assert his – godliness over this team you know that he's the end-all be-all quarterback this Mm -hmm. stench of arrogant sob over there in wisconsin no i mean dallas is a bigger market and he's the quarterback of the dallas cowboys as much as i hate the cowboys Mm -hmm. as much as you know they they brand themselves as quote america's team it's it's it is what it is they are going to be quote unquote america's team they're the one who are going to get the most exposure right, the one we're going to get the most talking about and he's the quarterback of that team following Staubach and Aikman and uh countless other Tony Romo countless quarterbacks before him who are some of the biggest named quarterbacks in the history of the NFL and now here he is it's his time to you know be that guy and yeah, well, I think he's just being careful I, I disagree uh, I think if you're Dak Prescott and and the Dallas Cowboys want you. You've already shown you can play. They want you, whether you know whether you're Super Bowl caliber or not. They, they want you for their quarterback. They're willing to make you the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And you're not jumping on that with both feet. I'm sorry. Hold uh, on. I think. I think. Hold on. If I were Prescott, though, I would be upset at the way I was treated. He was the quarterback. He probably should have been paid before Ezekiel Elliott, mind you, uh, a running back in this league. And it has been proven across the board. Running backs 
do not last. You might get a handful of guys. Is Ezekiel Elliott, spe uh, Ezekiel Elliott special? Yes, undoubtedly special. He is a game changer, but to make that kind of money at a running back position is ludicrous. And when you have a quarterback like Dak, who probably should have been paid and taken care of early on in the process, and they didn't, and they kept pushing him back, what did they do? Did they put a franchise tag on him? Didn't They talked about putting a franchise tag on him. He's been making dirt. He's been making no money the last few years because he's been on the rookie contract, which is how it works, everybody. Mm. We get it. That You just got to take your lumps now. That's how it's structured. It's not like when Matthew Stafford became right. the number one overall pick and got right. paid ungodly amounts of money before even taking a snap. Yep. Now you got rookie quarterbacks who are winning games for their team on this dirt-cheap contract, <laughs> which is, yes, good for your team. Mm -hmm. But for this guy, how would you feel if you won – more games than half the quarterbacks in the league, and you're making dirt compared to everybody else. But that's over with now. He stands to be the highest paid player. The system works. He put in his time, and now that his contract is up, they want him to be the highest, play, highest, highest paid, paid quarterback in the NFL. That's how the system but what works. Caveats? Here's that's what time. we don't know. Sign on the dotted, dotted that's line. That's what we don't know. Are they trying to, you know, shyst him and... You know, deny him all a lot of guaranteed money that other quarterbacks have started getting. We saw Kirk uh, Kirk Cousins get guaranteed money. Aaron Rodgers guaranteed money. You know, all these guys are getting guaranteed money now, mm -hmm. which I think is a big important factor because say Dak, Dak Prescott goes out there this year, two games into the season, busts his leg up bad enough like Alex Smith, and he never comes back to play again. How much of that $175 million is he going to see? I don't know. I Jerry Jones will make sure he doesn't <laughs> see much of it. I'll tell you that much right now. Yeah. So I think he's fighting the fight that he feels like he needs to. And if that's the case, I'm behind him. Whatever this holdup is, and it could change. Once we get the information, maybe my opinion will change. But I think as of right now, I feel like that's what he's fighting for. He's fighting for guaranteed money, and he's fighting for some other certainties that protect him in case of something terrible happening. Yeah, well, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, we don't know how much is guaranteed. It, you know, the report that I saw just said five years, $175 million. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot of things that, that we don't know about. Exactly. What his contract is, is being uh, proposed as. Uh, who was it? Was it um, uh, Brady that got the two-year contract and it was all guaranteed? Yeah, I believe, yeah, with okay. the Buccaneers. Yeah. 30, was it $30 million? I, I forget, but it was, I mean, it's only a two-year contract, but it was all guaranteed. Yeah. So he's going to get all that Exactly. Money Another example right there. It's That's what but it is But he's now. won Super Bowls. He's he's a known commander. Well, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I mm -hmm. feel like he definitely deserves it. But I'm just saying that it doesn't matter. This is what, especially the quarterback position, which is, one, one of the most important positions now, even mm -hmm. though... I, I won't say it shouldn't be the most important, but we put a lot of emphasis on that position. I mean, sure. there's 10 other positions on the field That's at one time. That's gets all the attention. Yeah. So. The face of the franchise. The face of the franchise, all that stuff, sure. You know, so they deserve some sort of guaranteed money. I feel like a lot of players should get guaranteed money, especially if you're that important and integral to a team. It doesn't matter what position you play. Mm -hmm. They should be trying to get guaranteed money. They should be trying to. You know, protect themselves from injury because they are putting their bodies, they're putting their mental health, they're putting, you know, so much on the line for this game. And let's keep in mind, everybody, I know we love football. Nobody loves football more than we do. But <laughs> I've heard that somewhere before. Yeah, maybe they'll hear it again by the end of the show. <laughs> but, you know, it is a game, and 
they just want to be protected. They have families, you know, mm-hmm. they have loved ones that don't want to see them, you know, sure. get screwed. Because we have so many uh, unfortunate cases of people in the past getting hurt, getting brain damage, you know, uh, CTE, what have you. And the NFL does bupkis to help them out. You know, they have a terrible uh, track record. Well, track record <laughs> and the health, the health care post-football for these guys is mm-hmm. laughable, if not non-existent. It's it's embarrassing, frankly. The player, and part of me, this does come back on the players. I feel like that should have been something they should have negotiated into this last CBA that they somehow agreed to, which I can't believe it even happened. But whatever. We've gone off on a couple of tangents here. I mean, it was a Dak Prescott story. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I didn't go off on a tangent. You did. Uh, but you're yeah, welcome but yeah it's filling I, up air just, time. you know not not knowing all the details uh on the surface it just looks like you know here's a guy being offered uh 175 million dollars and that doesn't make you question why would he turn it down that's what made me go off on that tangent there's got to be something else to it well yeah because any normal guy would say oh you want to make me the highest paid player on the team i've been with for four years ta-da where do i sign i think it just shows he's being smart unlike the players when they just like the majority of players agreed to this CBA, you know, without yeah. really looking at it. Yeah, that was that was very surprising. I, I don't understand that either. And of course, you know, we don't know all the details. Yeah. So all right. anyway. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, moving on to another story, uh, the Manning Passing Academy has also been canceled for this year. It was scheduled to take place in late June at Nichols State University in Louisiana, and uh, over one thousand kids had signed up for this thing. Uh, but, yeah, it's not going to take place this summer, which is understandable. Uh, it began back in 1996, and this year was going to be their 25th year mm. of doing this Manning Passing Academy. So they're just going to have their 25th anniversary next year and reschedule for next summer and, and go from there. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, it's, it's too bad. Um, and I don't know how long these, the kids were supposed to be there because they said they had some things in, in place for social distancing for the kids, but I guess they were going to put the kids up, so I don't know if it was like a week-long camp or mm. over a weekend or something, but they were, the kids were going to be staying on campus in the dormitories, and that's kind of where the problem came in, yeah. uh, you know, housing all these kids and everything. So it just it wasn't feasible, but um, that's too bad. I, I think that's that's a cool thing that uh, Peyton, Eli, and their dad Archie Manning would, would do every year: is just take a bunch of kids and and uh, teach them how to throw a football and you know the, the rules of the games and whatnot. What a cool experience that would be uh, to be a kid in one of those camps and to have yeah. those three there as your instructors. Um, too bad. Just one more thing that COVID nineteen has canceled on us this year. Uh, last story from the NFL, Dolphins owner Stephen Ross says that he believes the 2020 NFL season will be played, but he's just not sure about uh, fans being in attendance at the games. See, we, we've got varying accounts of that story because I saw where he said uh, fans will be in attendance, he uh, feels like. No, I, I look- or at least they plan on fans being in the stadium. Mm. So I'm not sure where, where you're well, citing your article. That, and That was what I read, is that he's he's – definitely sure that there will be a season and i think he's right on that i think there will be a season but uh from what i read he said he's not sure whether there'll be any fans in the stadium or not so uh, but i mean the the uh, 
Dolphins were the one team that came out uh, got their a month ago. Certified, yeah. yeah, yeah. They were they were looking at social distancing. They were you know putting spots on the on the ground where people could stand while they wait to get into the stadium. Yeah, you saw how that worked over the weekend with uh, social distancing at uh, beaches and yeah, whatnot. Boy. Oh my gosh, nobody was following that crap. And you think you're going to let people into a football game for the first time and expect everybody to social distance? No. Right. And then even in our state, so. up in Traverse City, I read a story where out of state people had COVID-19 and came up for vacation. And now mm. there's other families that got infected because of them. So people being idiots, like yeah. goodness gracious, it's, it's, it's the lack of thinking like that or the lack of just, Oh, you know, don't oppress me. Don't tell me to stay home. You know, it's come on people. Like it's been tough on everybody, not mm. just you. So, and now there's a whole, you know, there's more people now who've been infected by people who aren't heeding the, don't travel, you know, if you're sick and blah, blah, blah. You know, so, yeah, I don't pe- know. People have been cooped up for, you know, what is it, two months now? Yeah, it's and, been over two months for me. And, yeah, it's, it's people are going a little stir-crazy. They, they want to get out, but uh, they got to do it responsibly. And, man, some people just are not doing it. Yeah. Typical uh, Americans. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, let's go up to Canada. Let's get away from the, the dumb Americans. Yeah, okay. Uh, the CFL has said that uh, their newest... Uh, Return date to the field is uh, September now. Hmm. Uh, it was, uh, well, let's see, the regular season was supposed to begin June 1st. Yeah, this and, uh, upcoming uh, Monday. Yeah, this weekend. And, and now they've pushed it back to at least September. So it'll be at least September before they can get in some games. I don't know. That's Their season normally ends the around Thanksgiving. Yeah. So you're talking September, October, November. That's only three months. Uh, three months for some, some games and then, you know, maybe a playoff game or two and, and then a Grey Cup. I don't. I don't see them getting in, uh, you know, much of a season with only three months out there. So hard to say. I, I mean, they they normally run a very long season, eighteen games. So right. when you change it from eighteen to maybe twelve. I think that's not terrible for as little amount of teams they have. You know, they only have nine teams. Yeah. So I think that could work. And at the same time, uh, my concern is they're going to be running. I mean, they normally run most of their. Or, some of their season along with the NFL, at least eight weeks, you know, mm-hmm. they kind of line up a little bit, right. but I'm wondering how that's going to work. Cause you know, they do still play on Sundays. I know ESPN plus was playing a lot of the games over the weekend, but mm-hmm. maybe they change their strategy. Do they play on third? Uh, well, maybe not Thursday night. Cause that's when the NFL's on. <laughs> or do they play night. maybe a uh, Fridays and Saturdays yeah. and capitalize on what? Cause we don't know the college football coming back yet i know they, right. they plan on trying to as well but if campuses are shutting down and whatever that could affect college football it might be a good time for canada to kind of infiltrate the u.s and uh, give us a little more football on the yeah. weekends yeah yeah it would but it'll be interesting yeah i just i don't know uh 12 games instead of 18 i'm thinking probably only nine games nine regular season games nine um, or ten that's no different than a college football schedule here in the states yeah yeah true yeah, I just don't know. We'll we'll just have to see. Nothing's nothing's set in st- set in stone other than uh, September is the the new earliest uh, start that the CFL will even look at. Uh, and of course, uh, the Saskatchewan uh, Grey Cup game uh, schedule for this year has been taken away from uh, Saskatchewan because what they're going to do now is uh, when they do get their season going, the Grey Cup game is going to be uh, in the home city of the team with the best record. You know, in the playoffs. Yeah, very interesting change. So, yeah, I mean, they do like the Super Bowl. Every year it rotates from city to city. Uh, so this year it, it's not going to be in Saskatchewan. Um, but they have moved the Saskatchewan Grey Cup to 2022. So they're moving it two years in the future. 
they have not changed next year's game, which is going to be in Hamilton in 2021. So only for this year is it is it going to be played, you know, who knows where. But, you know, it's possible that Saskatchewan has a good season. that It might be in Saskatchewan, but they, they just want to make sure that they get the Grey Cup that they have, uh, you know, uh, been, awarded. been awarded. So they're just moving it two years in the future, and they're, they're going to leapfrog over Hamilton. So I think it's good, yeah. uh, depending on how the how the season goes, and you know you don't know where that Grey Cup game is going to be this year. Which is exciting. I, I like that sure. aspect of sure. it. Sure, yeah. Okay, uh, moving on to some college news. The NCAA says that college athletes can start returning to campus mm. June first. Now I'm very encouraged by this move. I mean, if the NCAA is saying, okay, let's let's start to try and open up again, uh, let's get players back uh, in their training facilities with their coaches and and uh, get them working out and and see how things go and and keep an eye on everybody to see how uh, how how many people are you know sick and how many are staying healthy and whatnot uh, i'm i'm just encouraged i mean that, that to me is a good sign that there's going to be some kind of uh, football season uh, for college football this fall yeah. um, hopefully uh, th- this all works out well something that we talked about last week we had talked about uh, tim capper up in canada and his uh, uh, YouTube uh, page, and we couldn't remember the name of it, so I, I want to apologize and uh, give the correct information. The YouTube spot that Tim Capper has is called Arena Football TV. We were fumbling around for the name of it, uh, AFL TV or whatever, last week. We didn't know what we were talking about. So we usually never do. Yeah, that's that's true. And uh, but it's called Arena Football TV. It's on YouTube, and uh, currently they have three complete AFL games on there. They have Arena Bowl 31 from 2018 between the Washington Valor and the Baltimore Brigade. They also have the 2001 New York Dragons 99-point game over the Carolina Cobras, and they also have a, a 2001 playoff game between the Toronto Phantoms and the Nashville Cats. Yeah. The winner of that game came to Grand Rapids uh, the next well, week. Well, and... no, 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 hold on. <laughs> That's not how that worked. That was the second round, then the Cats advanced to play another game. So this was like the second round of the playoffs. That's what mm. that game was. Whatever. Not the winner advanced to play Grand Rapids. I want you to get that out of your head right now. That was oh. not what happened. Yeah, that's the way I got it in my head. Well, it's not what happened. <laughs> and and there will be more uh, games to come. I'm on, hoping. On I, I started TV. watching. Yeah, I started watching that Dragons Cobras game, mm-hmm. and just I watched long enough just to kind of get the pregame kind of uh, mm-hmm. feel again. And I missed <laughs> Arena Football on TNN. I know that was some good stuff. They had uh, and I think Charles Davis, uh, famous NFL uh, broadcaster now, or you see him on you know NFL Network, I believe. Uh, great i think he's he's a great voice and i think he's done some of the madden games but regardless you know hearing him on the sidelines how tall he was talking to some of these these players and Mm -hmm. it was really cool and of course and we've talked about this guy a lot i wish we could talk to him you know eli gold yes man what a great voice he was the personality of arena football he just he spoke with knowledge he spoke with he he treated the Arena Football League the way it deserved to be treated, and mm-hmm. it was with respect and it was with passion, and it was so good to hear his voice. <laughs> I miss it. Yeah, yeah. No, he was he was really good. He he made it fun. Uh, yeah. To to listen to an arena game or watching a game, arena game, just hearing his voice on TV. So yeah. So right that now, that was all the first three minutes, <laughs> and you were hooked. <laughs> yeah. I wish I would have watched more, but I had some other stuff I needed to get done. But I at least yeah. wanted to watch enough to right. get that feel. And man, I want to right. sit down and watch the game. Uh, 
God, and, and I miss the New York Dragons. I, I I found a page or a page followed me on Instagram. They're like a New York Dragons fan page, mm. and I started following them. And they've been posting some cool pictures. And I always liked the dragon. Like they were one of the first mini helmets I ever bought, and I oh, gave yeah. to you the New York Dragons mini helmet. I can see sitting right behind you. Yep, it's a great looking helmet. I like that red and the black. I like the Dragons logo. I loved their uniforms. The way the the numbers kind of had a little bit of a, a flame to. Mm. A, a part of the number then they got away from it which was disappointing but Aaron <laughs> Garcia is the quarterback of the Dragons mm-hmm. oh one of the best quarterbacks in the Arena League it's just so cool I, the Dragons were kind of my not my second favorite team but they were like one of those teams I was like you know if Grand Rapids doesn't do nothing I kind of like the the way the Dragons <laughs> look yeah no that that 99 point game just it always stuck in my mind that oh, why couldn't they have just gotten one more point and, right. and scored 100 that was the highest scoring game ever in the arena football league nobody ever scored 100 points this is as close as anybody ever came um so yeah, yeah go check is, it uh, out oh yep especially and, if you're thirsting for some football it's only like two and a half hours i think on the mm-hmm. on youtube so yeah go to arena football tv subscribe and hopefully the more subscribers they get, the more we can get uploaded. I don't know what kind of hoops Mr. Capper's got to jump through to get these games on there. but now, I'd love to see every Arena Bowl on there. Eventually, if, yeah. If nothing less than every Arena Bowl. Go, go back to the days of the Detroit Drive uh, in the early days and the, uh, you know, the, the Pittsburgh Gladiators and you know, games like that. Uh, that's what I'd like to see because yeah. I, I kind of came in uh, – around the year 2000 when grand rapids got a team. you're right so well yeah grand rapids got a team in 98 but i i didn't go to my first game until 2000, uh, 2000. and you know once you go to a game you are hooked i mean you can uh, maybe see it on tv and you just you don't understand it and i think hockey's the same way uh, once you go to a game in person you're more uh apt to watch it on tv because you you know what's involved now but uh yeah, I just I would love to see some of these old teams because uh, the Detroit Drive was gone by the time I you know got into right. arena football, so I never actually got to see them. I had heard of them, but never saw too much. So I would yeah I would love to uh, to see some of these really old games and mm-hmm. especially the arena bowls. But any any AFL games, right? Uh, put them up there. We'll we'll watch them. And Heck yeah! Keep, keep them there so that everybody can enjoy them for many many years to come. You hear that, Mr. Capper? We'd love to see some Grand Rapids Rampage on there, please. <laughs> Well, I do have the Arena Bowl uh, 15 on VHS tape. Uh, VHS tape, yeah. <laughs> I'd have to dust that off. I'm, uh, I know it's on the shelf over there, but I, yeah, I don't even have a VCR a few to watch it anymore. Yeah, but you could find a way to transfer it. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh well, do uh, it. That's, that's a whole other, a whole other subject. Okay, let's move on to some birthdays for today. May 26, quarterback Dan Pastorini turned 71 years old today. He was the third overall pick in the 1971 NFL Draft by the Houston Oilers. And we talked about this last week. Uh, the, uh, it was Archie Manning's birthday was last week, and he was the number two pick in that draft. And so the top three picks in that 71 draft were Jim, quarterback Jim Plunkett, uh, number one, Ar- quarterback Archie Manning, number two, and quarterback Dan Pastorini, number three. So top three all quarterbacks all went on to have great careers in the NFL. Um, Pastorini played college football at Santa Clara. He spent 15 seasons in the NFL. Uh, He was with the Houston Oilers from 71 through 79. He's with the Oakland Raiders in 1980, the LA Rams in 81, and the Philadelphia Eagles in 1982. And he actually won a Super Bowl championship, Super Bowl 15, as a backup with the Raiders to Jim Plunkett, the guy Mm. that was selected in front of him in the draft. So, yeah, um, interesting story about uh, Mr. Plunkett there and Mr. Pastorini. 
Uh, one other birthday today. Uh, we want to recognize our own uh, director of marketing, your brother Aaron. He's got oh, a birthday is, today. Is he really our director of marketing? He's yes, more he like is. a consultant. I said he is, so he is. Gee, who comes up <laughs> with our graphics? Uh, gee, I get no love over here. Happy birthday, Aaron. Okay. Happy and, birthday. <laughs> all right, and we do have a couple of obituaries today. Uh, this is where we take a moment to honor those who have made the world of football a better place. Uh, our first obituary today is Joe Beauchamp, a defensive back in the AFL and the NFL for 10 seasons. He's passed away at the age of 76. Beauchamp played his college football at Iowa State. He signed with the AFL's San Diego Chargers and played his entire career with the San Diego Chargers from 1966 through 1975. Our next obituary is that of Dave Smith, a wide receiver in the NFL for four seasons and has passed away at the age of 73. Smith played college football at Indiana Indiana. <laughs> Indian University of Pennsylvania. I'm sorry, that is Indiana. I, I spelled Wow, that. okay. You're, no wonder I'm tripping. I wrote down this. Indian University. It's Indiana University. Indiana University of Pennsylvania and was selected in the eighth round of the 1970 NFL draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He played for the Steelers in 1970 and 1971 and led the team in touchdown receptions in 1971. Smith also played for the Houston Oilers in 1972 and the Kansas City Chiefs in 1973. Our last obituary is Marv Luster. He played wide receiver and defensive back in the Canadian Football League for 14 seasons. He has passed away at the age of 82. Luster played college football at UCLA and was selected in the ninth round of the 1960 NFL Draft by the Los Angeles Rams. He was also selected that same year in the AFL Draft by the Buffalo Bills. However, he signed with the CFL's Montreal Alouettes where he played from 1961 through 1964. He was then traded to the Toronto Argonauts and played in Toronto from 1964 to 1972. Luster finished his career uh, in the CFL back with the Alouettes in 1973 and 1974, winning a Grey Cup championship with Montreal in 1974. He was inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame in, what was that, 1990? <laughs> I don't have it written down there. I looked wow. it up, I know that. Yes, I believe it was 1990. Just goofing Canadian up football. all sorts of stuff today, man. <laughs> Maybe our printer ran out of ink. I, I should have uh, 1990 in there. Okay. All right, and that's it for the obituaries this week. Well, that also, <laughs> while it wasn't your first mistake of the day, it wasn't your last mistake of the day. <clears throat> well, thanks for the vote of confidence. All right, turning to our upcoming events. Uh, and hence where we come into the next mistake. You forgot to put in that right now is the time where we stop to talk about your history lesson, good sir. Holy moly. Yep, and everybody, I want you to know how amazing it is to see this dumbfounded look on his bearded face <laughs> as he realizes the segment he does every week for 146 weeks was not put into the script. Nigh did the printer miss it, I think. That somehow it, it got was deleted. untyped and did not get put into the script. No, I should have let it go to see how far we could get to the end of the show before he realized that he missed it, but Yowza. I didn't let you get too far. <laughs> yeah, somehow I just it need, got deleted. I needed to just hear you say upcoming events. <laughs> and that's all I needed. You've been sitting on this all show, haven't no, you? No, I literally just figured it out. <laughs> Once I started criticizing you for mistakes, and I was like, oh, and here's another one. Okay, well. Then uh, let's correct that mistake. Uh, this week's two-minute history lesson. We're going to tell you the story 
of the Old Oaken Bucket, the college football trophy between Indiana University and Purdue. I think it's funny you call it the Old Oaken Bucket, and wouldn't wouldn't you know, the Old Oaken Bucket himself forgot to input his history lesson. Oh, hush. The Old Oaken Bucket is the college football trophy awarded annually to the winner of the football game between Indiana University and Purdue. The two Indiana schools, who began playing in the 1890s, are only about 100 miles apart, which makes bragging rights from the game even more important. There are many conflicting stories about the bucket's true origin, but here is the most popular version that has been passed down through the years. On August 31, 1925, representatives from the two schools met to discuss joint projects involving the schools. It was during this meeting that a suggestion was made to come up with a suitable trophy that would be awarded to the winner of the annual football game. Dr. Clarence Jones, an Indiana alum, and Russell Gray, a Purdue alum, were tasked with coming up with the trophy that would best represent the in-state rivalry between the two schools. After the meeting, the two men traveled throughout the state looking for something that would best represent the rivalry. They found an old wooden bucket at a well on a farm between the towns of Kent and Hanover, Indiana, owned by the Bruner family. The bucket was restored and a plaque was placed on it. On November 21, 1925, Indiana and Purdue met on the gridiron at Indiana University and played for the old oaken bucket for the very first time. It was the final game of an eight-game season and it ended in a 0-0 zero zero tie. After the game, the combined bronze letters IP were added to the trophy's handle to signify the tie. To date, there have been two more ties in the series, in 1936 and 1958. In 1926, the two teams met at Purdue, and this time the Boilermakers won the trophy outright for the first time by the score of 24-14. to 14. Over the years, the bucket has also been adorned with chains of metal letters. They are block letter I's for every time Indiana has won the game and block letter P's for every time Purdue has won. The Old Oaken Bucket is the second oldest college game trophy at the Division I level behind only the Little Brown Jug between Michigan and Minnesota which dates back to 1902. While many college football teams play for trophies with their arch rivals every season, there is only one game that features the old oaken bucket. So this makes this, what, your third or fourth college football trophy um, we've talked about? Third. Third, the third trophy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, i got many more I, I want to talk about. Uh, a lot of them I, I've heard of the trophy, but I don't know the history behind it, so it's kind of fun to uh, hear these things. Uh, yeah. Okay. Upcoming now events it's calendar. time, yes. Okay, and we have to go all the way out to August 6th, the NFL Hall of Fame game in Canton between the Steelers and the Cowboys. Put a big asterisk next to all these things. Yeah. yeah. Will Dak Prescott be signed by the Hall of Fame game? Who knows? Uh, and then uh, two days later on Saturday, August 8th, it's the uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremonies for the class of 2020. Then you go out to September 10th, the 101st season of the NFL kicks off, hopefully. And uh, on Thursday, September 17th, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Centennial Class will be inducted on the 100th anniversary of the NFL. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the NFL season will uh, 
be played probably in its entirety because I think the whole economy of the United States uh, depends on it. So, uh, oh, hold on, I won't you know, say it our, our whole economy will fall. Uh, you know, they'll be rioting in the streets. Uh, people will be defecting to Canada to watch a, C- a CFL game. So, that may yeah, or may not even happen either. <laughs> yeah, the NFL makes so much money that uh, they they can't not have a season. I think they can not have a season, but I think they will have a season. It'll just be tweaked. I'm still in the firm camp that I think they should maybe start off playing a month without fans in the stands. Mm. Maybe a month. I've I've just recently decided this, but it wouldn't surprise me if they just said no fans all season, and I'd be fine with that too. Mm. It's a bummer. I would love to go to one of these games. I really want to go to a game out in Arizona where the Lions are traveling out there. Mm -hmm. You've been saying that for years. I've been wanting to do it for years, (laughs) and now i got my roommate, my ex-roommate who lives out there now, so another incentive to hop on a plane, go out there and catch a game. Hmm. So, and now, thanks to the COVID nineteen, all my vacation time I would have used up these last couple of months I had planned didn't get used up. So now I got extra vacation time. So, or at least same vacation time I can just move it around to yeah use at the end of the year. Well, I, I can maybe see uh, like a phased in approach maybe. To start the season, they they won't have any fans, or maybe just a handful of but the, fans. Oh, but the moment that any sort of you know, because they they're predicting a a spike of uh, cases again in the fall, you know. Right. So I don't know. I think they just got to be careful and play it safe, and we'll see what happens. Like, well, if Memorial Day weekend showed us anything, it showed us that people can't control themselves. Apparently not, but it's. But it's got to be within the NFL's power to be like, look, we're going to say no to you fans. It's not right. like them saying, right. you know, come to the game and, or, or not. It's your choice. It's right. They need to make a hard stand. Like, look, yeah, no. We're, we're letting in 5,000 fans for this game. Like these and, beaches, and no problems, maybe we'll make these, it These public beaches probably should have been, and as, as much as I hate to say, they probably should have been roped off or, you know, people should have been kept from going to these big social places. Mm-hmm. And I, I know people are going to be saying, oh, that's oppressive. Don't, you know. You can't keep us from doing it's that. It's my sort constitutional of... right to go out to the beach and get everybody sick because I'm carrying it, but I don't know it. We have a, we've had a hundred thousand deaths in this country, and you know it's it's unfortunate. It's sad. We all got to do our part. It's tough, and you know the the more we can do to prevent stuff from happening, the less you know mm-hmm. you know more people can contract it. The faster we can hopefully dampen this curve and maybe the sooner we can to getting a cure or, or a vaccine, whatever, yeah. like people just gotta be smart. The, the entitlement of today's American citizen, especially is yeah. just unbelievable. Well, I'll admit uh, that when this all first came about, I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. I really didn't. Yeah. Uh, but you know, time has shown that it is a big deal yeah. and we, we do need to be smart about it and be careful some people just haven't uh, haven't gotten that message yet. We have to look back at the Spanish flu of 1918. Like, just mm. go back and look at that, how they handled that, and yep. it's history repeats itself. Everybody, so yep. you know, be wise. <laughs> okay, bunch of Dallas Cowboy fans out there, probably, <laughs> and Packer fans, and yeah. Packer fans, yeah, okay, and Bear fans, <laughs> and Viking fans. I'm just gonna take shots at everybody, <laughs> and Patriot fans. Oh yeah, they're the worst. All right, that's all the time and we Hamilton, got for this week. Hamilton, Tiger Cat fan. I'm just kidding. Leave the CFL alone. Cat.
that's all the time we got for this week. If you learned something from our podcast, and I can't see how you Or if I made you stupor listening listen to this podcast. Yeah, uh, about the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football, then we've done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, videos, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. And before I read what I'm supposed to read, hopefully, I mean, we listened to a little bit of the audio. It's echoing again. We're still trying to figure out this whole mic yeah, it situation. sounds good when we start, but then uh, later on it goes to an echo. I don't know what it is. We don't change nothing. We don't touch yeah. nothing. We go on, and then we go back to listen to a little bit just to see if we transitioned into the history lesson okay, and it just all of a sudden nothing. And still a work in progress. Still a work in progress. Still figuring out, you know, apparently we have a budget to hire a marketing guy, uh, Shh, quiet. We're but we can't get a, a tech guy to come over here and take a look at a, two microphones <laughs> plugging into one computer. That shouldn't be that hard, but apparently it is. And if you like the world of football on Facebook, uh, you can find us uh, at TWF Kalamazoo. Well, we also post a lot of unique stories, pictures, highlights from all over the world of football. You can also follow our Twitter account, which the address is at TWF Kalamazoo. New episodes of this podcast are posted every Tuesday and are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So please subscribe, rate, review, let us know what you think, and please come be a part of the football conversation at a six-foot distance. (laughs) And remember, folks... Some people may love football more than we do, if you can believe that, but nobody loves more football than we do. Join us again next week when we'll review all the happenings in the world of football. Until then, I'm Randy Snow. And I'm Adam Snow. And we'll see you all next week. Are you, are you proud that I didn't say anything at the end? Of... I'm flabbergasted that you didn't try to trip me up at the end. You're very welcome. Thank you. You old oaken bucket.